Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries, share the real truths about marketing, and empower you to become a real marketer. One of my biggest pet peeves is when marketers talk about launching their product or service or maybe even brand in another country. And the only thing they really seem to talk about is where to get their content translated. Like, oh, do you know a good content translation firm I can use? But real international marketing is so much more than just translating content from one language to another. You really have to understand the nuances of each country where you're marketing, and you can't assume a one-size-fits-all approach. And that's exactly what I'm talking about with today's guest. In this episode, we chat with international marketing expert, Katarina Hankinson. She has more than 15 years of international marketing experience and previously worked at Taxback International, Design Council, University of Westminster, HBK Consulting, and more. We're talking about the definition of international marketing, why so many companies don't really get it, how you can gain experience in the subject, the importance of cultural differences, and so much more. So everyone knows, first question I always ask is, tell me something about yourself that few people know. Uh, I would say that I'm actually an extreme wine and sports buff. Uh, I have a huge interest in wine tasting and, you know, the the whole, (laughs) if you say there's science about wine, and that led me also to write my MSc dissertation on the international marketing strategies of... um, international wine marketing, specifically in New Zealand wine. And sports stuff, I just love sports. It's really exciting. Uh, and I especially uh, love American football, go Pats, and we're not going to talk about this season. And um, yeah, no, it, I, I quite enjoy undertaking and watching sports. It's, it's really fun. Oh, I'm a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan here. So this is like hate pat's territory oh, oh man that that's not good that's not good <laughs> let, let, let's just park that one for now <laughs> we'll just yeah parking lot that and move on and talk yeah. more about <laughs> about marketing yeah um well i guess first question maybe um favorite wine yes um ooh, i would say a lovely Pintosh from South Africa and this goes against with uh, what I wrote about but it's just a flavor it's it's just like it's a big hug in the bottle <laughs> if that oh, makes that sense sounds good. it yeah. does yeah so I'm so excited to have you on the show because you have a tremendous background in international marketing experience and I actually haven't had someone on the show to talk about this topic with so I'm super excited to hear your perspective. So I think one of the things that I'd love to start with is you know the concept of international marketing and what that really means to you because I think sometimes marketers especially if you're not experienced in it are naive and think that it just means well I just market in a different country. 
um, and they don't realize everything that really goes into it. So I love to hear your perspective on like, you know, how would you define international marketing or good international marketing? Oh, how much time do I have? <laughs> um, yes, uh, it, it's it's quite complex and it's very. I define um, especially international marketing as a as a mix of science and art with a strong emphasis on science, because a lot of people have the notion that you know marketing is you know oh it's all that you know nice cool stuff. Yes, it is, but that's about ten percent of what marketing is. Marketing has a strong focus on research and especially in international marketing because uh, a lot of people think, like you said, that you can market the same across the globe. That's not possible. Uh, think about international marketing as a bit of different languages. You know, in Brazil you speak Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese even, and you know, in the UK you have English, but in France, French, then you have Thailand where it's Thai. And that's the same logic when it comes to marketing because you need to speak the local language. And I don't mean only the actual language, but also speak to them so they will understand why they should pick up your product or service and how that will meet your needs. You know, someone in, for example, South Africa, what they want to do, they don't necessarily want to have the cheapest product, but they want the product that can give them that little extra bit. So it could be an extended warranty. It could be, you know, a software, an extra software package when, you know, buy a new computer. And with international marketing, you need to understand these parts that makes the customer tick in the various countries. And that is a major part when you're designing an, a marketing strategy to go international is research this. You also have to look at the different cultures. You need to look at how they interact between each other and how they interact with, you know, foreign products. And you could, you could define international marketing again as a, very localized marketing strategy you you can have an overarching strategy thinking okay you know i will use digital i will use social media then i will use influencers that's great but you need to understand that maybe in some countries an influencer won't make a difference it might be ju just that the influencer will work in the uk and say for for example the us because and and that happened to me when i was marketing for example, in Nigeria, I thought, you know, I would do printed brochures, printed ads. But what I forgot, this was in the beginning of my career, was that they are actually quite, at that time, they were quite focused on Facebook. So in that, I had to add Facebook ads. But these are things that you only find out when you grill, you know, go deep, go and, you know, go through the research and find out about the people and what makes them tick. This research is far more important than, you know, any research you do for your, if you say the marketing in your own country, because you know fairly well that, you know, in, in my country, you know, for example, uh, Instagram influencers are really popular or, you know, um, you can put, you know, 
I don't know, a, an image of a horse or whatever, and that will make them buy the product. But you don't necessarily know that with these countries. So you actually, when starting off with a new country, you have to go and do so much research and you need to segment and you need to understand the, you know, people's income, their, you know, the different, say, social levels, status, and also educational background. It is, it is that comprehensive when you start off doing international marketing. And, and as you rightly said, it is quite, there is that notion that, yeah, you just throw it out and, you know, it works, but there is so much more to it. And I have found, because I've uh, marketed in the UK as well, I have found that actually it's easier to market, market in the UK because you, you already know, have all of this information. While with these other countries, you have to do thorough research and look into every part of society. And, and I'm talking, you know, few, the economy, looking at, you know, what happened previously, why might they not have the funds to invest in, say, an expensive or luxury item? And the research is the key to succeed when you go international. Otherwise, it, you will waste money. One of the things I love that you just said was, you know, about research, because I think sometimes marketers, unfortunately, think, oh, I'll just take the content I wrote in English and translate it. And I it's such a huge miss because the way that people speak, let's say in the United States and English is very different. And just in terms of the words that they use, then they might speak in Australia or in Germany or China or Japan, which have very different cultures. So how do you, you know, how do you explain to someone that it's more than just translations, that it's really about thinking about maybe the same concept resonates, but the way you need to deliver it has to be different. In, you are so right. And it comes down to the messaging because often how it is, is that the company, they have decided this is the messaging we're going to use and we're going to use it across the world. Yes, that's great. But you have based the message, messaging on your own country. Again, you need to look at what resonates with the, the, the target audience in your specific country. So if, if we take, for example, China, as you mentioned, yes, you need to see, okay, what makes them tick? What, do, what will make, you know, get them to take a purchase decision? Is it, you know, that you have different colors? that they can choose from? Is it that you have an additional feature? Is it that it's a low cost, you know, that the price is lower? But you, and then what you can do is use, integrate that into the corporate messaging. So instead of saying, for example, um, our product is the best because uh, you will get a bouquet of flowers when you buy the product. You can then say, and, and, but then in China, they actually don't want flowers with it. They actually want the possibility of getting, you know, a specifically red bouquet of flowers. They say our product, buy our product because you will then get the red bouquet of flowers with it. It is these small nuances that are crucial to the messaging. and. It is great that there is a corporate messaging, but the, it has to be flexible and adjustable to each, you know, region. And 
This messaging then has to be localized by, for example, translating it into the local language because, you know, for example, when I worked in Brazil, only 5% of people spoke English. How would they understand what, you know, the organization I work for could bring to them if I wrote to them in English? That, that would be a waste of money. So you had to, I had to then change the messaging and it was quite a strong focus on, you know, value for money and then put it in Brazilian Portuguese and that helped. But also, for example, in, in one of those instances, I worked, you know, I was liaising with students and parents. So the, the student might understand English, but the parent who, <laughs> let's face it, was the ultimate decision maker, needed that information in Portuguese because in, they might not have spoken English or their, their English might have been weak. So it's a, again, it's a several pronged approach. You know, for me, it's so important that you acknowledge these cultural differences. And there are some countries, for example, in South Africa, even though everything was done in English. They wanted to have, first of all, build a strong personal relationship. So it was a lot with relationship marketing, speaking with the people, you know, one-to-one -one and giving them their time. But then also it was a focus on what extras would I get? I might not choose the cheapest product, but I'm looking at the extras, the value for money. And when you know that, then you can tailor the messaging integrate it into the corporate messaging as well. So again, it, it, it might be a longer messaging than the corporate messaging, but again, it will be a tailored messaging to that market, which is so important because you are talking to the customer and, and they are the one who will make the purchase decision for the product or the service. So what do you tell companies when they think Oh, I can just have someone, let's say, and, you know, wherever our headquarters is manage international marketing. Do you think that can work or do, would you recommend that companies really think about having a local presence wherever they're trying to drive demand and build a brand? Uh, yes and no. Obviously there is a cost aspect to it. And if you can't afford to have uh, local offices, then what I would say is, Focus on hiring someone for your headquarter that knows international marketing specifically, has the education and understands it, but not only that, have worked on the ground in various countries because it is that way you learn what makes people tick. It, it, you, you can read all the blogs, all the textbooks and what have you in the world, but until you are on the ground, having to roll your sleeves up and speak with the people, you will not get this information that you can use in the marketing. So I would say, I think, and if you have local offices, I, I've worked with local offices as well, you then have to have someone in the headquarter that thoroughly understands international marketing and is specialized in it, who then can manage the people in the local offices because there it is such a complex in specialism within marketing that unless you know you have a degree in it and 
thorough underground experience, it won't succeed. It is that simple. So if someone were to come to you and say, you know, hey, we're based in, let's say, um, the UK, and we're looking to expand into APAC and potentially maybe North America, what would you recommend that they do? Like, what do you think that they need to have in place before they can really, one, make that decision and two, go to market in, in, in a different area? You need to have a marketeer who understands international marketing and have the experience. But then also you need to allow this person to, let's say in APEC, they focus on, you know, Thailand and Indonesia, just for argument's sake. You need to allow this person to actually thoroughly research what needs to be done to put in the right processes and procedures to succeed and make them show you, not go and tell them this is what you need to do because this is the corporate policy because it is a whole different ball game with international marketing than normal marketing and you 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 actually need to have everything you do thoroughly tailored to that market let that person research speak with potential partners because there will be partners or you know, business advisors on the ground and get their information, let them, you know, pick their brain and then build a strategy. Because if you don't have this information and don't have a very thorough strategy that drills into every part of it, it will not succeed. It, when it comes to international marketing, the research is the most important part in the equation. You know, if you have the research, the tactical aspect of it will, that will be so easy. But you need to understand the people, the market, the culture, the, the financial status and situation of the country as well, because that influences people. So when you look at other companies that are doing international marketing, what's the biggest mistake that you've seen that you think could be avoided? Uh, it, it is, again, the, the same approach across uh, countries. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why I, I did my research into international wine marketing for my MSc dissertation, because they, again, it is, they think this one-way approach or one-fits-at-all approach will suit every market and it won't and it's a huge mistake because I think some somehow there is the notion that you know oh let's go you know international and we will make lots of money and revenue will increase a lot yes it will if you do it the right way then it will but if you don't take the these aspects into consideration if it will actually backfire completely. So I, I, there have been so many times where I have seen the same, you know, messaging and strategy, and and I'm just sitting there and thinking, no, this is so wrong. And then also that it is not written in the local language. That's another aspect. And and and, and honestly, it kind of breaks my heart because you know companies are wasting money doing it, not 
taking the the local details and aspects into consideration is they might as well flush the money in the toilet i love that analogy because it's true and i've seen yeah. it happen so many times exactly it, it is and, and 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 we are sitting there as you know spectators and we just i, I mean it, it hurts it hurts when i see it <laughs> So let's talk cultural awareness. I know that's something that's really important to you. And, you know, part of it goes into the research aspect of it. But how do you explain to maybe like a C-level team around the importance of understanding a culture? And that part of that's, you know, research driven, but also part of it is, you know, having having people on the ground there, whether that's permanent or traveling there and really understanding what it's like to be a consumer in that market. And you can't always assume what works in another region will work in, you know, and even another one. How do you explain that? Like culture is really so important when a lot of times I think people just want to say, oh, well, they're, you know, they also speak the same language. Maybe it's Spanish, maybe it's English. Um, so, you know, it's, we can just use the same content. How do you help people understand the importance of culture? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, yeah, that is not the easiest uh, task you can have. I, I, I have to admit to that. And I have at times, Wondered, wondered if I was talking Swedish to the English-speaking people, so they they, they wouldn't, uh, because sometimes I got uh, the looks of what is she on about. But it, it's basically what I'm doing. I and I, I don't know if this is the right approach, but you know it has worked for me. Is I explain to them that you know just because again, for example, we can do. The easiest real life example I can do is again South Africa and the UK. They speak the same language. South Africa has some, you know, a lot of European influence, so you would assume that everything works. But then when you go into the detail, there are differences. And and I try and give these real life examples of these instances because even if, for example, the sea level they 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 won't take it on board at least i have gotten my message across and saying this is you know you need to tailor it and you need to do it because this is what the customer in south africa will listen to and this is what makes them tick and will buy the product the services but if they don't want to listen to it well there is only so, so much i can do but i try and explain it with a lot of real life examples and that I bring in from my experience. And, you know, it's even better if, if, if it's focused on, you know, countries where I've actually been on the ground and, you know, worked and had, you know, had to roll up my sleeves. But it's not an easy task, um, I would say. But then I also try and bring in the financial aspect and basically saying that, you know, you want return on your investment and this is the best way for you to do it, to, you know, research and drill into it. If not, your money will be wasted. And and then it's up to them if they, they will listen. I can only do so much. There are certain aspects in, in life where you have no control, really. No, I completely get where you're coming from. 
So thinking about, let's say I am a marketer who has been tasked with launching a product internationally. Yeah. Obviously research is super important, but what do I, what if I've never done this before? Like, how do I even think about how to do the research? You know, what would you recommend that I get started or, you know, are there places or content I can read to help me better understand that? Cause I think one of the challenges, you know, like you mentioned is you really want to find international marketer, like marketers who've done international marketing before, but if you haven't, how do you get the experience and what happens when you're just kind of thrust into it? Like so many of us are sometimes where, you know, your boss says, Hey, we're going to go into this country, go ahead and do a marketing plan for that. And you're like, I don't speak that language. I've never done this. How do I figure out what to do um, or where to get started? And what misconceptions do you think marketers might have when they are doing something like that? I would say go back to basics. And I'm talking doing a SWOT analysis, doing a competitor analysis, doing a four-piece analysis. I think there were up to seven or eight now. Um, and do a pricing analysis of the competitors. But then more importantly, do a proper analysis of the country. I, what I'm trying to say is go back to the basics and the fundamental you know, principles of marketing because we do have a lot of, if you say, you know, uh, principles, what have you, that we can apply and use those to the maximum, but not only do it for the company and their competitors, do it on the country as well. Read up about the country and see, okay, you know, I would say read up about 10 years and then, you know, read what the future, what they're looking for. If it, because if they say, no, you know, country X is, you know, they're, they might go into recession in two years time, then it might not even be any point to start investing in that country. Then it might be better to wait five years or what have you until they're out of the recession. But then, you know, have, get, build yourself a proper picture. It, and also often, if an organization takes a decision to move into a country and start, you know, operating there, they usually have contact on the ground, speak with them, say, look, you know, I have been tasked with, you know, setting up a marketing uh, strategy for country X, but, can you help me? What do I need to think about? What 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 does people like? What do they like? What what how, what will make them tick? What will get them to buy our product? Is it you know that we have an extended warranty? Is it that we give something extra? Is it that you know we have beautiful packaging? Is it you know that you know we offer them an an initial discount of twenty percent? Find that out because and this is where a lot of people as well as organizations forget that people on the ground you know it could be partners it could be agents it could be business associates any external stakeholder that is in, you know involved with the company they have so much information that you can get use them because you know they are the best source you know i have spoken with you know, business associates in various countries. And I've had in my head an idea of a strategy that I, I thought was going to work. And they said, no, Katerina, that works. But 
you need to always do X, Y, Z, because they, that will also help you, you know, get the demand and increase the ROI. Had I th thought of those parts that they might have recommended? No. Would I have implemented the, the initial strategy that I had in mind and then maybe lost out on a bit of, you know, let's face it, revenue, because that's why you market abroad, revenue for the organization? Yes, I would have. So use, use that, you know, because it's the most up-to-date knowledge. Yes, we have Google. We have all these websites where we can, you know, research and find that information. But the people on the ground, they are worth so much when it comes to design of strategy and, you know, tweaking a strategy or whatever information you need. So I would say to use the foundations of marketing as well as, you know, foundation of marketing strategy, such as, you know, SWOT competitor analysis and the four Ps, but then also use the people on the ground. And that will help you so much. That will build such a good foundation to start off from. And then also it could be helpful in making the decision that, yeah, we should go ahead now, or maybe we should wait five years to go ahead, or maybe we'll forget about it completely because there is not a big enough market. Because that is something you need to take into consideration as well. And it, it is a scary thing to, to do all the research and then go and say, no, actually, you know what? There is not a big enough market for us here. Let's wait or let's, you know, forget about this, uh, this market because it won't generate the return on investment that we're looking for. So if I don't have anyone in my company that works on the ground there, you know, how would you suggest I connect with other marketers in country? Like, is there, you know, do I just start reaching out to people on social or are there avenues, you know, whether there's special groups or something like that, that can help me find other marketers that can give me that insights. Like you just explained that could really help me better understand, you know, the tactics and strategies that would work. I mean, obviously, you reach out on social media. That's one option as well. I mean, you have LinkedIn and you have Twitter, of course. And, you know, there are many of these marketing networks. But then uh, I would also say, because generally companies, they have business associates. And from my experience, I don't know if I've been lucky or what it is, but I have actually picked up the phone and called them and say, look, you know, what do you think about this? Because also keep that in mind, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marketer to give, you know, a current update on what's going on in the country, you know, such as, you know, the current financial status, the political awareness, you know, these, these types of information, because, you know, everyone knows that when it comes down to the marketing part, yes, definitely speak with marketers. But I would also then, you know, I have also asked, you know, associates of mine or contacts of mine, oh, do you know someone in country X, you know, that you could recommend? I need to, you know, pick their brain. And I would say, yeah, I haven't had a no yet, but I've uh, been, asked, you know, where I've asked and said, oh, you know, would you mind half an hour, an hour, what have you, because I need to pick your brain and find out about more about the market itself, not necessarily the marketing, but the current state of, you know, the country, employment, financial state, those parts, if you say, if we call those the demo demographic side of everything, because that's something everyone knows, you know. Um, but yes, I mean, definitely, if, you know, 
social media is a good option as well if you want the more uh, specific uh, marketing information as well. But firsthand, I would actually go and try and, you know, find whichever context that you, there might be in the country. So, you know, it could be that the organization they have, you know, I don't know, some distributor or what have you in, in that country, and then call them up and set up a meeting and say, look, you know, we're thinking about, you know, marketing properly in this country or what have you, and speak and get that information there as well. This is my favorite kind of episode. We talked marketing and we talked wine, um, two of my favorite things. But to get serious for a second, can we all make a promise to each other that we'll stop assuming that marketing into one region of the world only requires content to be translated and politely remind all other marketers about it? Like, I want to see all of you guys on Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. when someone says, oh, I need to translate my content to push back and ask them, well, have you thought about whether or not that messaging is appropriate, whether or not your tactics are appropriate for that channel? And what research have you done? There's a really polite way for us to start challenging other marketers on this topic, as well as ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to take time for you to learn about what's going to work best in each country, especially if you don't have an on the ground presence, but you can do it and it's going to be worth it in the long run. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.